what I'm about to do backs that up because I'm about to talk to you now about my two favorite subjects, which is coaching and leadership development. And to make it the best gig ever, I also get to talk to you about what will get you further in life than anything else, and that is your emotional intelligence. Now, I'm doing a bit of a double poll on you here because I want you to use the chat function now. So we're going to start by playing a game that my kids love to play with me, and it is Would You Rather? Now, if your kids play this for you, don't worry. I'm going to ask you for a much more simple choice than what my daughters normally ask me. So the question I'm putting to you is, would you rather A, wake up in the morning and dread going to work, or would you rather B, wake up in the morning and want to go to work? So put your A's or B's in the chat function for us, please, and we'll see those coming through. So would you rather wake up in the morning, dread going to work, or B, wake up in the morning and want to go to work. So pop your A's or B's in the chat function for us. And brilliant. I don't even need to keep an eye on that. So I've made a very, very polite assumption and I was confident. So I'm going to move ahead with this. That The, the, the overriding response to that was, of course, going to be B. We want to wake up in the morning and we want to want to go to work. It's a no brainer, isn't it? Whoever you are, whatever you do, wherever you do it, you want to be motivated. You want to get out of bed and go and do work that means something to you, that means something to those around you. And that comes from building that culture of trust. So we have that feeling in the morning when we're excited to go to work and motivated to work hard. It's from that foundation of trust. Because then you wake up knowing you can be yourself in your work. Your work contributes. You have a purpose and that you work in an environment where you can trust others. Yet so few cultures, leadership cultures in particular, achieve that level of trust. And so many, in fact, too many people are still waking up in the morning and dreading going to work, even if a work commute is from the bedroom to the kitchen. That has to change. And the way that we change that is by developing emotional intelligence in your leaders so that they build that culture of trust in their teams and across your organization. Now, the main takeaways that I want to talk to you in my talk are about what to do next, about some ideas as to how you can really develop that emotional intelligence. However, I want to start by taking a little trip down memory lane. So I want to take you back to a time when I was the greatest manager in the world ever. What was I doing? Well, it was before I had grey hair, put it that way, and I, di I didn't really have a shaggy lockdown barnet back then, neither. However, it was what I did that made me the world's greatest manager, because I did what all great managers do. I worked really long hours without taking a lunch break. I did everybody's annual appraisal by the deadline, ticking the box, and sent all the forms to HR, ticking the box. I checked up on everything that my team did, I solved every problem that my team faced. I dealt with every escalation, doing all the work myself in the process. I asked for people's inputs and their ideas, and then I just told them what I wanted them to do and that that's what we were going to do. Uh, I never gave any feedback, because why do people need feedback if the numbers are okay? The numbers don't lie, right? So why do people need feedback? Uh, I was so good at communicating via email. I cannot tell you how good I was at communicating email when I was the greatest ever manager, because... That made sure my arse was always covered because I had everything in writing to prove what had happened. And I avoided difficult conversations because, well, if you're a great manager, why would you need to have any difficult conversations? 
So I'm sure you can see that what I've shared with you there in terms of when I was the world's greatest ever manager, I was building a culture of trust, right? And my team would trust me with that. And, you know, I had the world at my feet. If only that was true. Because whilst I thought I was God's gift to management, what my team were actually doing more often, particularly when my back was turned, was more like this and sticking two fingers up to me. Because I was actually destroying trust within my team because I wasn't choosing to demonstrate trustful behaviours. I wasn't choosing to trust them. And I want to share with you some feedback that this was given to me as a member of my team back then. When I asked, is there anything else I can do to help you? This is what they said in return to me. Now, I just want to be clear here that when I was behaving in this way as the greatest ever manager, I wasn't a bad person. I wasn't even necessarily a bad leader. I just wasn't putting into practice the greatest power that we have as a human being because I was not choosing a positive response to my thoughts and feelings. I wasn't even aware that I could choose a positive response to my emotional triggers. How many other managers are still doing this? How many other managers are still creating that kind of culture around them where everything and everyone is being checked up on? There's no opportunity for other people to take responsibility. There's no opportunity to share their ideas. Now, what we've got to accept with this is what's at the heart of this is when we either deny or don't do enough to develop the emotional intelligence of our leaders. That's what I was failing at back then, is that I wasn't choosing to develop and apply my emotional intelligence. How many managers have you ever worked with that think they're doing the right thing simply because they don't know how to choose that positive response to their thoughts and feelings? They don't know how to develop and apply their emotional intelligence. I mean, the first question I'd ask you to reflect on your own organization is, how many of your managers actually know what emotional intelligence is. We have to take responsibility for creating that environment where managers can choose that positive response to what's going on around them. When we don't, they're working on autopilot and they're much more likely to create toxic cultures as opposed to nurturing that trustful culture. And that's where our emotional intelligence comes in. So emotional intelligence enables your leaders to become the best version of themselves that they want to be. And then they're able to choose that positive response to their thoughts and feelings. Look, emotional intelligence is what binds us. It's the one thing that we all have in common because everybody has emotional intelligence and has the ability to develop and apply it. Emotional intelligence builds trust organically for us because that's how we choose those positive behaviours that build that trust. Now, let me ask you, who would you trust more to lead a team of people? The volatile unpredictable, reactive, angry boss who takes their mood out on other people or the leader who can choose a positive response even when they're under pressure. A leader who can have difficult conversations and still build relationships. Now we've got to remember that managers are people too and we first have to trust them. We have to trust them to develop their emotional intelligence. Now, look, for me as that younger manager when my team were doing this to me, a lot of that came from the fact was because that's how I was told to behave. So I was told to behave in a way that managed everyone and everything to within an inch of their lives. My boss did that to me. My boss told me to do that and the environment that I worked in told me to do that. Something that accentuated the problem for me back then as a leader, and particularly for my team and I, was the management development 
I notice I call it management development, not leadership development. So I was introduced to a world where I was supposed to develop myself to manage everything. We had courses to manage performance, for managing people, for managing time, for managing change, for managing projects. Not once was I encouraged to really build those relationships with my team or to focus on creating trust. Yet that approach of managing everything and everyone was causing my team and I no end of problems. I was much more likely to be recruiting to replace people who'd left than I was to be promoting people from within my team. So to build trust, we must focus our leadership development in our organisation on what really needs leading and what really needs managing. Too often, our people and their performance gets put into the needs managing column, yet no one ever wakes up in the morning and goes, yes, I get to be managed today. In that culture, that's where people dread going to work. We need to start turning this focus so that we build trust and focus our ability to develop authentic leaders. The manager is the job title. The leader is the person. And when we focus on creating that emotional intelligence from our leaders, we release the authentic leaders that we all crave now to build a culture of trust we first have to raise awareness of our leaders of exactly what emotional intelligence is and and start to create that awareness of these two key spheres of emotional intelligence that exist it starts with you it always starts with you so that first sphere of influence is about developing your leader's ability to choose that positive response to their thoughts and feelings where they can develop that ability to recognize understand and positively influence their own emotions. As we start to develop that ability, that turns into a leader's ability to recognize, understand and positively influence the emotions of others. That's a leader that I will trust because I know they will never take their moods out on me. They will display integrity. They'll create that positive culture regardless of what's going on around them. I'll also trust them because they'll be non-judgmental toward me. They'll help me to understand more about myself and they will give me feedback based on how I behave and the impact that I have on other people. When we're able to develop our leader's ability in these two key spheres of influence, where trust gets built is because this raises the awareness of what your leaders are actually leading. As a leader, all we're ever leading are perspectives, your own perspectives and your team's perspective. So your self view and others view. And those perspectives that we're leading as leaders come from our personal values, our experiences and our beliefs about the world. Look, just think about this conference today. So there's 300, over 300 people here today who are all gonna hear and see the same things. Yet when we finish today, there'll be over 300 different perspectives. So everyone will have the same physical experience We'll all interpret it and our hearts and minds will translate it into what it means to us. That's exactly the same for your leaders. Every meeting that your leaders go to, every team's call that they contribute to, every one-to-one that they have creates different perspectives. When we focus on developing the emotional intelligence of our leaders, it organically builds trust because they start to demonstrate that they see things from others' points of view. You don't actually even need to use the word trust when you develop emotional intelligence because trust is an outcome of heightened emotional intelligence. 
to really start to think about what are the different perspectives that exist in your organisation. Consider how that perspective comes across from your leader's perspective of leading the team versus those people's perspective of your leader's leadership and the impact it has on them. If I'm able to better understand my own view of what's happening, I can choose a positive response to it, which builds trust. If I'm able to show you that I'm genuinely interested and I understand your view, we will build that trust together. So think about when was the last time your leaders were given continuous verbatim feedback? Maybe more importantly, when was the last time your leaders asked their teams for, for verbatim feedback and asked their teams what they need from them as leaders? I'm talking about verbatim feedback that's discussed, reviewed, and positive changes agreed. Not an anonymous survey where I score you between one and five for setting my goals or how I lead a team. Actual feedback that leads to those conversations. That's what's absolutely vital for us in our leadership development. This is powerful leadership development that's underpinned by that continuous feedback to understand my own view and the view of others. That's what really helps us to build that trust and develops an understanding of the different perspectives that exist amongst the team. When we create the space for leaders where they can develop that self-awareness and that greater ability to build relationships, which is absolutely the fundamental parts of our emotional intelligence, then we start to build trustful relationships. Because you don't build trustful relationships by managing people. You build trustful relationships by demonstrating an ability to self-manage how you can choose a positive response to your emotions and that you have the social awareness to be able to positively influence the emotions of others. So when we focus on developing emotional intelligence in our leaders, we organically start to show that empathy around our organisation. If I know you're going to empathise with me, I'm going to trust you. And it creates that space where self-motivation is high and we wake up in the morning wanting to go to work. Now, when we also combine the development of emotional intelligence in our leaders with their ability to have powerful coaching conversations, you will never have to worry about building trust ever again, because that combination is what makes that powerful leadership. <coughs> Excuse me. These are just some of the powerful coaching questions, some of the powerful coaching conversations from, that we develop leaders' ability to have that we work with organisations where those conversations take place. It's through the emotional intelligence that leaders have those conversations and then we build that trust because the gift of leadership is helping others to learn more about themselves. And the more we know about ourselves, the more we can make those positive choices to respond to the world around us. We wanted to share with you today just some thoughts from an organisation that we've worked with and share some outcomes that have come from the work that we've done with that organisation. And, you know, look, you don't need me to tell you that these outcomes build that culture of trust, that they create that foundation of trust that exists in teams and then filters out across your organisation. We've got to throw away the management development textbooks, help our leaders to build that culture of trust by developing their emotional intelligence we are all emotional creatures. Whether we like that or not, that's how we're programmed as human beings. We don't have a choice over that. What we do have a choice over is how we positively respond to the world around us. And that comes from developing that ability with emotional intelligence where your leaders can choose that positive response to be the version of them that they want to be. 
Think about the messages already, creating human equity in your organization, building that culture of trust, creating that ability for people to have those meaningful conversations. At the heart of that has to be emotional intelligence because that's how people are able to create that desire and motivation to have those conversations. So the more emotional intelligence you can develop, the more coaching conversations that your leaders are having, the more trust you will build in your organizations. So here's a, here's a to-do list, if you like, that I want you to think about beyond today. And just think about getting absolute clarity on what really needs managing and what really needs leading. Think about how you can create that environment for verbatim feedback. Are people really clear on their own view of what's going on around them from their leadership? And are they also clear about what's happening within their team? Really challenge yourself to create that leadership development that focuses on emotional intelligence because then your outcomes are that empathy plus motivation that equals trust. And aligned to that, let's develop leaders and organizational ability to have those powerful coaching conversations to create that coaching culture where trust thrives. And I challenged you before about thinking, how many of your leaders actually know what emotional intelligence is? And you know, you, you very honestly shared that for most of you, we're not yet consistently developing emotional intelligence. And I stress the word yet, there is still the opportunity. So think about how could we measure that emotional intelligence in our organization? Where are we starting from? How can we create that desire within our leadership that we want that emotional intelligence to be at the heart of how we lead others, how we build those relationships that create that trust? And the final takeaway that I want to remind you of really today is that emotional intelligence will get you further in life than anything else.